Hello, my mates. Welcome to the Rioters Review, part of Riot Act, the alternative music podcast with me, Stephen Hill, and him, Renfrey Deadman. We're Hello. both here. We're both sat here, aren't we? Doing yes, this. we are both in the room present together. Yeah, speaking to each other. Yep. Like, like men. Well, uh, we almost fell out. <laughs> <laughs> We've just finished recording uh, a weekly podcast, which will be up at this point, where I basically... Um, belittled Renfri for liking real big fish i mean why um, why one would be belittled for that i don't know well let's not get into it having <laughs> just already got into it yeah. uh but i feel like we're not going to be doing that no. uh, this podcast because no. the good people at copper feast records i think that's actually a record label copper feast Records. yeah um uh, thanks very much for your support by the way i think i've done a little bit of uh, quick googling i reckon it's a man called kellen pope so thank you thank you kellen yeah. that sounds or, really or, mi5 yeah or, yeah or um it's uh, the the records family and the parents have just got quite kind of bizarre choices <laughs> bizarre. of first names and it's someone bizarre called copper feast records yeah. yeah yeah um i mean if that is the case then um apologies i mean well my you. cat's called hello that's true actually so i've got not a leg to stand on in yeah, terms of taking true. a piss out of people's choices of names but anyway a great pick a really really great pick Fantastic welcome pick. to sky valley by caius now it's um it's funny because um just a bit of background for this i noticed that this was on the list and i was ready to do it straight away one because I think I always am with Caius. Like they've become one of those bands who I just listen to a lot, just in life in general. I could easily do any of their records off hand, bar wrench. Okay, well let's wrench. do the Circus Leaf Town now. Go. Okay. Um, one Inch Man's good. <laughs> you fucking <laughs> idiot. Yeah. Um, that song at the end um, mm-hmm. is is uh, to, for Kurt Cobain. The the oh, one right. that after like 30, 30 minutes of silence, it's a it's. A, about Kirk Bain. Is it? I didn't yep. know that. Okay. <laughs> See, there we go. I fucking could, he's, mate. He's done it. Spaceship um, landing is the tits. Yeah, mate, it's a great record. Anyway, we'll yeah. probably talk about this like more of the rest of the back catalog. But um, I recently, I think I can probably say this because it's, well, it's going to go out for free uh, way, way, way later date. I was writing something about Welcome to Sky Valley for Metal Hammer recently. Were you? Yes, I was. Nice. Yeah. So I'd been listening to it to sort of refresh myself with it anyway. And then it came up um, on here, and I thought, well... Are you Copper Feast Records, Steve? <laughs> no. <laughs> <That'd be> mental. <laughs> um, yeah, but it came up, and I thought, how, how, what a lovely piece how of synchronicity. Bloody lovely, And any yeah. chance to talk about Caius, I think, is one that we should all take. Now, Definitely. What it, a fucking band, by What the a way. great band. <laughs> yeah. Now, let's start off with this, Renfrey. So this album came out on the 28th of June, 1994. It is uh, Caius' third studio album. Um, there's a trilogy of, of three, isn't there? Circus Leaf Town, Welcome Sky Valley, Blues of Red Sun are yes. the, considered the main, the, 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 the three holy grails. Super brief detail. Uh, I bought in in a box set. Me too. Yes, all three of them. Eighteen ninety nine. That was. It would have been around that price. Uh, mine was from HMV in Cribs Causeway. Mine was from HMV in Basingstoke. Oh, amazing stuff! Shout out Basingstoke. Um, and um, yeah, uh, and and I had I had just got into Queens of the Stone Age. Mm-hmm. 
um, through Rated R. Um, it would have been the part, like I knew their first album and liked it, but it was Rated R, which made me go, fuck, this band's Same amazing. Um, and needed more, 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 because I was just fucking obsessed with both of those records. And I heard about Caius, which was Joshua Homme, and um, Nick Olivieri is on the first two Caius records as well. Yes. Uh, and yeah, bought it. And uh, it was basically one of the the best discovery you know when you make those discoveries old school style mm-hmm. when you could actually i'm going to take a risk i'm putting x amount of money out and then you get it and it's just like i've got three fucking records. yeah classics yeah uh for the price of what was then the price of an album and a single an hour and a half yeah yeah, yeah. um yeah so yeah that's exactly what i did <coughs> i was gonna bring that up later but you've, you've, you've gone straight i spunked in. it mate you spunked it straight away um <clears throat> i was too excited after the real big fish yeah, yeah, you were, yeah. I'm still... Uh, still excited. Um, <laughs> so, um, Welcome to Sky Valley, uh, considered... I This is considered the best one, right? Well, there's always a toss-up between Blues for the Red Sun and Welcome yeah. to Sky Valley. And I think it's always... Like, to be honest with you, my favourite Caius record, it depends what day you ask me. But it will always be either Sky Valley or Blues for the Red Sun, personally. Right. Mine will always be and Circus Lee Town. Circus Lee Town really? is my favourite Kai's record, yeah. Uh, um, brilliant record. I do think it's a, a minimal notch below Sky Valley and Blues for the Red Sun, personally. But I do think and Circus Lee Town is amazing. Yeah. Um, I think, I reckon 70% of the time I would say Sky Valley over Blues for the Red Sun. I think I, I mean, I definitely, I do them in reverse order. Really? Yeah. Okay. So Blues of the Red Sun is my least favourite of the three, although I think it's fucking great. It's fucking brilliant. Um, Welcome to Sky Valley used to be my favourite, but over the years, and the Circus Leaves Town just kind of crept up. Why do you think that is? I think it's got some shorter songs yes. on it. It's also got um, some longer songs on it. <laughs> Yeah. Spaceship Landing's their longest song. Yeah, yeah. But it's got, I don't know, it feels like they get more in, in less time. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. I feel like they got, it's also the the one that I feel is the kind of the catchiest one. Yeah, yeah, that's probably right. They they stay languishing on stuff on this record, generally, quite a bit. If you think of songs like Space Cadet. Yeah. Bam, bam. That end bit on um, Super, Super Scoop and Scooper, the Mighty yeah. Scoop, mm. my favourite car song of all time. Bam, bam. Um, also, John Garcia's favourite car song, I believe. Is it? Um, but brilliant song. Gardenia, you know, mm. stays on that kind of groove for quite a long time. There's a couple of songs on here which are not very long, um, like uh, 100 Degrees. Mm. And I love 100 Degrees. 100 Degrees is fantastic. And, um, oh, what's the ones? That's Conan Troutman. Conan Troutman, yeah. Um, but for the most part, it's quite like most of the songs. Most of the songs on this record are are quite lengthy, yeah, um, and fit that kind of jammy mold a lot more. I guess. I guess what people consider stoner rock a bit more. It it does feel like that they might, might have you know lit a couple of bongs and then jammed for a bit and they yeah, got those I songs think, out. Of yeah, this. Uh, and and the circus these times feels a little bit tighter. It's more song based. Mm. Is what I'm trying to say and yeah, doing yeah, it in yeah. a very roundabout way. Now but, yeah. here's something which I'll let you into a little. I'm sure Eleanor won't mind. Eleanor uh, at Metal Hammer. We um, emailed me after I sent in my copy of uh, this piece on Welcome to Sky Valley. And I one of the things I said in it, I was like. 25 years later, the 
um, the legacy of Caius, the legendary legacy of Caius has still never been tainted. And she said to me, I'm not sure that's true with, mm. you know, with the reformation of Caius Libs and ah. Vistachino and people and the like court battles. and stuff. She's like, do you really think that's true? Renfrey, I'll explain why I do think that's true in a second. But for you, the legend of Caius as a band, a band who are a genuine cult band. I mean, I'll talk a minute. I know a couple of people that saw Caius live. But anyway, go on. I will talk about it in a second. But I, for Caius fans, I don't think it tainted their legacy. I think it tainted some Caius fans' opinion of Josh Shomi. That's probably what I would actually say. Mm. Because the thing that has been preventing there from the being a genuine Caius reunion is Josh Homme. He's yep. the only band member who isn't interested. Not a massive surprise considering his massive success with a small band called Kings of the Storm. I mean, yeah, he doesn't need to do that. He, he'd actually <clears throat> he be taking a step down yeah. doing Caius, wouldn't he? He would be taking, yeah. Even, even, I mean, what would they do? Definitely Brixton. Brixton. Yeah. From would be Brixton, wouldn't it? Mm. Um, so... I, and I think, I mean, I I didn't mind at all. Like it does, it makes perfect sense for him to continue doing Queens of the Stone Age. Well, why would he go back? I think what rubbed some Caius fans up the wrong way was this whole thing about um, the remaining the the, the three original the other three members of Caius mm-hmm. were touring with uh, another guitarist who replicated. I saw saw them Caius yeah, lives, uh, yeah, a couple yeah. of times. Yeah. Um, it's good, right? Really good. Really good. I saw yeah. them at the ballroom and I saw them at the forum and both times I had a fucking riot. I loved it. Um, and th- I can't remember the name of the other guitarist now, but whoever they brought in just recreated Josh Homme's parts really well, I have to say. Just, just you know, very respectful towards them and all that kind of thing. Um, but uh, Josh Homme sort of turned around and said, you're not allowed to use the Caius name. Even calling it Caius Lives is... Um, you know, he had an issue with that. So they had to change their name to Vista Chino. Vista Chino. And then they released, and Vista Chino released a, released an album. Released an album. Yeah. Which, which is all right. Which is fine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's all right. It's got, like, there's one brilliant song on it and then the rest is all right. Yeah. I mean, I think actually that legacy and Josh has kept that legacy intact because if they because released, he hasn't gone back. Well, no, because if they had released that album under the name Caius Lives, mm. Uh, then, then you can go well that's a Caius album whereas if they're called Vistagino I think you go well that's not a Caius record that's is it? actually a very good point I, I've never even considered that possibility mm. I mean if that had been released as a Caius record clearly these three albums that we've mentioned are, are better it's t- it's tough between Wrench and that Vistagino album do you prefer Wrench to that Vistagino album yeah hmm I don't think it's that tough, actually. I think that Vistachino album is... Uh, the thing is, is you, it's time, it's context, and all those things. And at this point, you know, it's not a bad record, but... No, it's not. But, it's not but right. Caius was so fucking influential and so kind of... Yeah. Uh, the, I mean, I suppose we should talk about this this record a bit. And I think what's cool about it, particularly when you think about it from... Like, listening to it when I did, first of all, in the 90s, the most amazing thing about Caius is they managed to, you know, at this point particularly when you and I would have been listening to it, grunge had died and new metal. And you think of like where metal was in 1994, um, machine Ed, sepultura, mm-hmm. fear factory, mm-hmm. Pantera, you know, it's not the traditional heavy metal 
sound that you, when you used to think of quote unquote heavy metal, that seventies <coughs> rock heavy metal, that Aerosmith, Black Sabbath, Led Zeppelin, Deep Purple, yeah, um, like MC Five, whatever yeah. kind of like old school rock was not really cool in no. sort of rock and metal anymore. Not in the slightest. And actually, actually, I remember. I don't think I think by the time this record came out, I think people had cottoned on to it, but wretch certainly wretch got 1k in krang when it initially did it i didn't know that and and the the kind of the beauty of caius and i suppose the only thing comparable in 1994 that came out i think pretty much the only thing you could really compare it to and they were already kind of established and it was because it was the cool thing is super unknown by soundgarden which is a very different record but definitely leans on Led Zeppelin and Black Sabbath. Yeah, that's and good not job. many people were doing that. So, um, but they still had the whole kind of Seattle thing, which yeah, and they had behind them. and they had Chris fucking Cornell. Uh, Chris Cornell, well. yeah, yeah, you know, and, and no, no disrespect to John Garcia, but uh, you know, in terms, I love John Garcia. I love the way he attacks the vocals and stuff yeah. like that. But he's not a um, technically proficient vocalist in the same way that Chris Cornell was. Mm. You know, what's amazing about Kaiso, I think, particularly. Um, on Welcome to Sky Valley, is that in amongst that context of those bands, in amongst Fear Factory and fucking Typo Negative and all the bands that were the hot, you know, Downset or Regent's Machine or Helmet or whatever, Prong, fucking, they're picking like late 60s psychedelic, early 70s hard rock, and they're making that incredibly uncool type of music sound really contemporary. I never listened to Caius and thought, oh, it's just, you know, when you listen to like now when, let's think of, a, when we listen to like Greta Van Fleet is a really mm-hmm. obvious one, but like Rival Sons or something mm-hmm. like that, mm-hmm. who lean really heavily on retro sounds. retro sounding rock music. Caius do essentially come from that school of going, we just want to play like, you know, 70s rock riffs. But they sounded, they sounded contemporary. They sounded dangerous. Do you I know? Think. Do you know what I think makes makes them different? Uh, I don't. I don't entirely disagree with what you're saying. I think the sound that Caius managed to create. So, and and there may well be other examples of this before before Caius came along. But Caius was the first band that I knew of who came along who plugs guitars into bass amps in order yeah. in order to get an even bassier, groovier, earthier tone. And if Caius aren't called Stoner Rock, they're called Desert Rock. And Caius came from uh the, the desert round Joshua Tree. It's Hot Palm Springs, isn't it? It's, yeah. Yeah. And they used to hold um, you know, generator parties where they basically just like get hook up these massive, massive generators um and take people into the desert um and just drink and smoke weed and just play really fucking loud because they're in the middle of the desert they could play as loud as they fucking wanted mm-hmm. um and just have these huge sort of generator parties keg parties whatever um and i think bringing that really bassy tone into it it makes it feel so grounded earthy um dirty almost so kind of and it was almost like put 
Greta Van Fleet and Rival Sons and stuff like that aren't adding anything new. I do feel like yep. Caius added something new. Yeah, I do, I really, really do. Well, and also the the um, the ingenuity of Josh's guitar parts. Oh God, yeah. Is I, I like to me the the I because I I remember listening to Caius and you know at that point in my life. I wasn't interested in Aerosmith. I wasn't interested in Ted Nugent. I wasn't interested in Kiss. I wasn't interested in Alice Cooper. I wasn't interested in Van Halen. I wasn't interested in that type of music yeah. at all when I heard Caius. Yeah. So I was always a bit like, I don't really like classic rock. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? I don't really care about Black Sabbath. And I don't, do you know what I mean? I just That's the like, same, really. I, I don't really care. Like, you know, it's like post Nevermind yeah. is that's the rock music that I like. At that point of time, bar, you know, Guns N' Roses, Metallica, yeah. a couple of them. Yeah, but yeah, 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 yeah. That's the same for me, yeah. Um, <clears throat> and so when you heard about Caius and it was saying, oh, you know, it's Sabbath and it's um, like Trouble and, you know, the, these sort of older bands that, that I was had no interest in at all, I was a bit like... I'm and. probably not going to give a shit about this, but I wanted to get it because there were, you know, but sort of five, six years, you know, after they split up, you know, four or five years later and Queens of Stone Age are a massive deal. I did think there's got to be something in this. It's definitely worth listening to. So they were one of the first bands and well, Sky Valley was probably that was what well, was the first album I put on because it was the one that I was told was the best. Oh, one. Right, okay. um, and, um, and I just remember thinking, yeah, like it's weird because everything about this should just sound like seventies rock, but it doesn't. It sounds really, really contemporary, and it's like you say, it was heavier and yeah. thicker yeah. and fatter and boomed and and roared as well. Yeah, and I'd not heard those guitarists played like that. Yeah. I'd never heard, you know. Uh, I mean, you could you could probably turn around and go listen. Tony Iommi played everything, and you were just ignorant to it. Well. But Josh um, Homme does it, and Josh Homme does it in a way that is that is not like that. Not only that, Josh Homme claimed at the time that he had never... That, so Caius were constantly compared to Black Sabbath. Josh Homme claimed he'd never heard Black Sabbath, like, before... Like by, this, by this time, maybe he was saying that he had, but I think when Blues for the Red Sun came out, like he was like, oh, you know, people would be like, oh, so you're a massive Sabbath fan. And he claimed that he hadn't heard them. Um, I can see Josh Homme, especially at that age, kind of almost saying that as a troll. Yeah. I don't know if that's true or not, but in interviews, he did claim quite often that he'd never heard a Black Sabbath album in his life. Yeah. So. I mean, I think he is as good as everybody is on this. And the rhythm section is fucking stupendous oh, yeah. on this record absolutely fucking stupendous rhythm section yeah that's just swings like that again that's it like the swing yeah. on this record yeah it's i think that's why everything feels so loose on this record mm-hmm. is because you know you, um it just sort of sways around like a haze you know what i mean like a kind of what's it called when they have like when you see the sun and it's the the, the background's wobbly uh i know what you mean do you know what i mean that yeah. sort of thing it's it's like heat heat waves <laughs> heat gas yeah and it's like that That's isn't it, it just sort of like it just sort of wobbles like yeah. the songs kind of sway from side to side they feel kind of like heat drunk and lackadaisical yeah. but yeah. but like it's just got that whole that feeling about it but it's so heavy and it's so ingenious in the way that the, the structure of everything's put together through josh 
but to be honest, I, you know, I do feel that Josh is the the kind of the the secret weapon. Certainly on this record, um, mm. it's been acknowledged that this album was uh, Josh Homme's baby, basically. Mm. Um, he wrote most of the tracks on it. I think the only ones he didn't write were Gardenia, mm. uh, Whitewater, and I think there's another one he didn't write. I can't remember. Um, Eno? Ah, Eno is a, a cover, actually, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. So he didn't write it. So, yeah, yeah, sorry. <laughs> All right, yeah. Eno. Uh, um, yeah, maybe that is it. I can't remember. But yeah, he. he but every, everything else is, is Hobby, I yeah. believe. I think so, yeah. More or less. Um, so it is very much like his record. Um, and it's so kind of, it goes to so many different places. I mean, Space Cadet, for, I'll go back to Space Cadet just for a bit. This is seven minute kind of, it's all on an acoustic guitar, but still sounds kind of, I mean, that sounds like it was rec- recorded out in the desert at fucking four o'clock in the morning. And they just like mic'd up little mm. kind of, I don't know, a little setup outside or something like that. I mean, it has that almost campfire feel to it. Yeah. Um, but it's awesome that song and how that song that song has no right to be seven minutes and not get boring and somehow it doesn't yeah. get boring it's 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 bizarre i I, th- I think it's just oh i just fucking love this album i think um i think brant bjork the drummer of caius has a lot to do with why they were such a fucking excellent band he is a brilliant drummer he's the co-founder of caius um and i think you can really tell i think i think one of the reasons why people because he left after this album i think one of the pe- reasons people are are usually a bit down on circus leaves town is because yeah. he's not on it mm-hmm. and there is a slightly different feel with the drums on circus leaves town yeah there really our, is yeah. um our alfredo hernandez alfonso yeah. hernandez is fucking great uh brilliant drummer he ended up on the first queens and stone age album as well mm-hmm. It's kind of strange, actually, as I'm as I'm talking about it, and the Circus Leaves Town is almost a uh, in between in between an album between Caius and Queens of the Stone Age. If that it makes is, sense. isn't it? I mean, and and I mean that the the beginnings of of Queens of the Stone Age is because obviously, like John Garcia, I think most people kind of thought John Garcia was going to go and be a big star because he's the front man, and um, you know, and there was a whole load of what was his name he was in he did he, unida he was in, in unida, unida and he was in and he was did a um, he, he was in Mano? Car, hermano yeah and he was in karma to burn but he oh, never yeah. actually released anything with them yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah um and and then josh went off and i actually um my mates went to go and see at the red in alley cat went to go and see screaming trees on the dust tour and nice. and josh was playing guitar yeah as a sort of touring guitarist for him and I think he was just about to start up Queens of Stone Age. And I, and I remember um, Queens of Stone Age opened for Bad Religion on the back, like it was their first tour. Wow. So it was an odds, which is a really, like no where he came from. No, it was a Nick Olivieri and Josh Homme and Alfonso Hernandez. Like who booked them on the fucking Bad Religion tour? Yeah. But it's interesting because the, the first Queens of the Stone Age album sounds more like Caius than it does Queens of the Stone Age. Mm. Now, now, oh, yeah, d- now, when now. people think about the Queens of the Stone Age sound, you know, I mean, yeah, it's and, and there is actually a Queens of the Stone Age Caius split. I mean, it's a nightmare to get hold of now, yeah. but there was actually a split. I remember that, yeah. 
Um, so yeah, but um, I feel like I feel like I've sent us off topic slightly with my no, no, it's fine. It's just it's it's just like it's interesting how um, where all those people went to and how that scene kind of morphed into because you know no I I when I started getting into rock music, stoner rock was was sort of already a thing but it, it looked like a thing that i wasn't that interested in yeah fu manchu and stuff uh, i was just like nah, you know it's flares and it's 70s rock and uh, i'm not really ne- i wasn't interested in that as a kid and i'm certainly not interested in it now in the 90s when i'm interested in like deftones and whatever mm-hmm. so i pretty much ignored it and i suppose caius um and hearing i think i heard regular john by queens of stone age was yeah. the first thing i heard and i was like oh that's actually really good yeah and that made me want to listen to queens of stone age and then i was like well i should listen to caius because i understand that they're yeah. the sort of the, the the band that he came from and everyone wangs on about how great they are and i say everyone wangs on about how great they are i knew a guy i used to know a guy who saw them at the underworld right uh um i think it was on sky valley Right. And he said it was just the greatest gig he's ever been to in mm. his life. He said the sound, they're the loudest band he's ever seen. He said it was like July, it was oversold, sold out, and then some. It was the hottest fucking night of the year. There was sweat dripping down the walls. It was unbearably loud. They were all fucking smoking weed on stage. Everyone was smoking in weed in the in the in the venue. And he said it was like one of those times where you watch a band and it feels like I mean, you obviously never get away with it then, but you would probably be unlikely to really be allowed to get away with it now, like overselling the venue and just letting everyone smoke weed. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, Even in the 90s, that was that was frowned upon. Yeah. Um, and he was like, it felt like just dangerous as fuck. And so, you know, like, we could all die tonight. Do you know what I mean? Like one of those gigs where it's like no one gives a fuck about the rules or what's going on here at all. They just want to see this band and they want them to play absurdly loud and they want to get completely messed up. And it was just this like totally badass religious experience that he had of like seeing this incredible band. Um, and and still, like that when I say about the legacy of Caius, he still talks about that like, or like years and years later, I've not spoken to him for years, but years and years and years later, the mere mention of Caius, he'd bring like, oh my God, it was the, one of the best nights of my entire life. I have a friend who saw them at the borderline who says the same thing, mm. um, which may well have been the only two times they came over because they didn't come over very often. I didn't come over much, no. Um, but um, yeah, I have a friend who saw them at the borderline who, you know, any opportunity he has to make me feel jealous about it, he will. Um, but uh, but fair enough, you know. Um, yeah. But uh yeah, in terms of Stoner Rock, I I feel like I discovered Caius and um, I feel like in a sense it was a bit of a, well, I have not discovered a band who've done Stoner Rock as well as Caius since. Definitely not. I, I think they're the, they're, they are up there with Black Sabbath. Yeah, I in think so. In terms of like how great they are. I really genuinely think they're, you know, I'm right up there. I totally agree with that, and yeah. and I think I think oh, there's more great Black Sabbath stuff just because there obviously is more of yeah. Them. But but when you put their actual, if you listen to Sky Valley, kind of back to back with um, Master Reality, Reality Volume like, Four, they're they're not. You know, there is cigarette paper difference in yeah. terms of the quality of how how fucking great those records are how great the riffs are how great the production is just everything about it is to be honest with you if you said to me you can only listen to sky valley or master's reality 
you know, I'd, for the rest of your life, I'd probably pick Sky Valley. I mean, this record, it just... I'd tell you to fuck off. <laughs> I, <laughs> I, no, I, I think me. I would. I, of the two, I'm, I'm not... This is nothing against Master's Reality at all. It's a fucking amazing record, mm. but I just, I really fucking love this album um, and um, Caius as a whole. And, and I think this is... Caius have almost given me a problem with Stoner Rock because I feel like I discovered the best first everything else is always yeah, kind of yeah. paled in comparison yeah it's rare that a band come in and kind of invent a scene and are immediately the best at doing it and no one ever does it any better well we should give a lot of credit to chris goss and masters yeah. of reality obviously mm-hmm. so chris goss like highest didn't really come into their own until chris goss came on as producer yeah that's true um and i think that he had an awful lot to do with them becoming brilliant mm. yeah <laughs> i, I would did imagine too, for sure um so i mean yeah did, did they did caius invent it i don't know that's that's a tough one they were certainly very early they are very early i mean they popularized it whether or not they invented sure. it they kind of popularized it and they found sure. the way to make it into the thing that you most what you would associate with stoner rock Although, of course, they didn't popularise it until years after they broke up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I don't know, because that scene was still, you know, the the, the, the many, many Caius offshoots and the many bands that kind of sprang up in the wake of, of Caius. And, you know, Stoner yeah. Rock was still a thing. It yeah. was just a kind of cool underground thing. Like, mm. you know, it was it was still existed as a genre, as a subgenre of metal. and, and we, But it didn't before that, really. No, no, exactly. That's the thing. Mm. It it didn't. Yeah, it does feel. But like there's not many. I mean, you know, again, are Rage Against Machine the first rap metal band or the first rap rock band? Probably not. But they're certainly the first thing that you think of when you think of rap rock. Yes. Early on, yes. and I don't think anyone's ever done it better than that. So there's there's that. Or you know, are Metallica the best thrash band ever? Yeah, probably. Yeah. I mean, I mean, the the, the Rage comparison particularly is pretty good. It is mm. whether whether Rage were the first rap metal band or not. Probably, yeah, probably not, but they are who you think of. Yeah. So, and I think Caius is the same, yeah. definitely. Um, um, uh, but anyway, um, again, slightly off topic, and we've not really talked much about the album. I don't think, don't think we need to really, because it's just like everything from beginning to end is just fucking brilliant. Well, everything's brilliant. I mean, um, Super Scooper and the Mighty Scoop, as I've said, is my favourite track on it. Brilliant. Yeah, like, in, term, in terms of fake endings, one of the best songs I've ever heard. Yeah, it's got um, an amazing fake ending. That fake ending is so oh, great. It's laughable almost how brilliant that fake ending is. Um, White Water is such a massive fucking tune. I adore that song. Mm-hmm. Um, we've not talked about Demon Cleaner. No, we haven't. insane. Yeah. Uh, probably the... The song, well, Gardenia, I guess. But De- Demon Clean is Demon Cleaner the biggest song on this record? I don't Probably. know. Probably, yeah. I don't know. Maybe I, I'm not sure. Yeah, it'd be yeah, Gardenia or Demon Cleaner. I think are the two that. Yeah, probably. Um, it's fucking brilliant. Actually, we should talk about the fact that this album came out initially as three, three tracks. Three tracks. Yeah. Do you want to say that? Do that. Yeah. yeah. So. This is, I think, I you know, it annoyed me at first because I was like, well, yes. why, why want to listen to that? The fuck's sake. Um, but it's three tracks. So Gardenia, Asteroid and Super Scoop are track one on the CD. Yep. 100 Degrees, Space Cadet and Demon Cleaner are track two. Mm. And Odyssey, Conan, Troutman, Eno and Whitewater are track three. Yep. So um, that was in order. Well, basically they wanted you to listen to the album as a whole. And um, I think 
in either John Garcia or Josh Homme said we basically just wanted to make it as difficult as possible to skip tracks should have um, just done it in one track then really yeah maybe maybe it was maybe it was a um like uh maybe it was a record company, record company. No. yeah possibly i don't know um but yeah as a, as a result it's kind of uh presented in three acts yeah. um uh i mean yes yeah, so, slightly irritating my copy to this day that is the copy i have yeah. uh because i think since it's been released now i think I think it now is split into 10 oh, tracks on CD. Yeah. yeah okay. I think so. If you, um, but if you have one of those, uh, like it'll be the, it'll be a run of the first like yeah. 10,000 they did or whatever. Um, which is yeah. Three tracks. And, and then, Oh, well, then, of course there's lick do as well, which is the bonus track, which yeah. is not worth talking about really. No, not really. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah. Uh, just, just kind of interesting that a band, even at that point, were... On their kind of major label... Was, was this a major label debut? Yeah, it would have been. Okay. Yeah. Because Blue to Redstone came out on Dali. Right. And this came out on Electra. Oh, right. Yes, of course. So it was like the first time a bigger label had dealt with them and they went, just three songs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Must have been. Fucking lads. What a great... <laughs> what, a, what, what a great thing. That is brilliant. It, it's it's a very uh, ballsy fuck you, isn't yeah. it? Punk but, rock. Yeah. Like a, a punk band. It don't sound like a punk band, but I think Caius ultimately were just the, the ethos and ethics of punk. And the like, DIY aspect. Uh, yeah, and generate. Oh, oh yeah. there's there's no venues to play because we live in the middle of the fucking desert. Fuck it. Let's create our own. Yeah. Just a class, a class act all the way around. What's your favourite song on it, Renfrey? Super Scooper and the Mighty Scoop. I think mine is as well. I like 100 Degrees. Though. I know it's really like, it feels a bit sort of cheap picking 100 Degrees because, you know uh, what I mean? It's 100 like, Degrees is wonderful, but it's too throwaway to be my favourite. I just think it's so exciting. It's great. I mean, I, there isn't a bad song on this record apart from Lick Do. Um, but yeah, so I, Super Scoop. And the mighty scoop. Yeah, I is, think like those two back to back is the the high point of a very very yeah. top quality record. Yeah, I, I I mean I would say that song is Super Scooper and the Mighty Scoop is my favourite. Kaya song. song. Yeah, probably. Ooh. Right. Well, is I'm that, not going to pin my colours to the mast on that. I'm afraid. I just remembered Fifty Million Year Trip exists. Mm. Uh, yeah. No, I still say Super Scoop. Oh, that's a hard one, but yeah, it's a good. It's fucking great, isn't it? Yeah, it's just a brilliant album. So there you go. Caius, Blues for the Red... No, not Blues for the Red Sun. Welcome to Sky Valley. I don't know why I said Blues for the Red Sun. Maybe we should do that next. I'd love to. Can someone suggest it? Yeah, so can we someone can do suggest that? it? Um, <laughs> anyway, yeah. Welcome to Sky Valley by Caius. It has not aged a bloody day. It still sounds oddly classic and yet very contemporary to this day, I think. What a great yeah, record. Great shout. Um, thanks very much for your contribution. If you're listening to it on the Patreon page, patreon.com forward slash right act podcast. I'm only saying that because there might be people who are listening to it for free and they should have maybe wanted to listen to it a long time ago. Mm. We'll be back with another one of these very soon. We've got loads of great suggestions. Yes. A ridiculous so number. we will be getting on that well soon. See you, mates. <laughs>